Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Ludke. Listeners, scholars, brothers, this is Brother Chris Lincoln, and today I want to explore the three columns. And this is the idea of the Doric, the Iac, or and the Corinthian, or the idea of strength, wisdom, and beauty. And to do so, I found a great article, The Three Grand Columns by Carl Cloudy. And this is a little bit of an older article, of course, Carl uh, being in the early to mid-20th century. And what I want to do is look at this because, well, sometimes I find things that are just going to be better than what I'm going to be able to create. And this is one of those situations. So, reading from Carl Cloudy's The Three Grand Columns. It is easy, Masonically, to confuse wisdom with knowledge as it is to do so in profane life. And, of course, wisdom and knowledge are two different things, which he's going to get to. Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing it doesn't go in a fruit salad. Back to the article. Knowledge is the cognizance of fact. Wisdom is the strength of mind to apply its knowledge. A mason may know every word of our ritual from the beginning of the EA to the final words of the MM and still have no wisdom. Masonic or otherwise. Many a great leader of the craft has been a stumbling, halting ritualist, yet possesses an abundance of Masonic wisdom which made him a power for good among the brethren, by whom he was well beloved. Knowledge comes from study, wisdom from experience. Knowledge may be the possession of the criminal, the irreligious libertine and the atheist. Wisdom comes only to the wise, and the wise are ever good. Surely, the first of the three grand columns which supports our institution should be taken to heart by every mason as a symbol of the real need of a brother to become wise with the goodness of masonry, skilled in the arts of brotherhood, learned in the ways of the heart of his brethren. If he knew not, and asked, quote, how may I gain Masonic wisdom? Let him find the answer not in the ritual, important though it is, not in the form and ceremony, beautiful though they are, and in themselves strong with the strength of repetition and age. Instead, let him look to the five points of fellowship, for there is the key to the real wisdom of the brotherhood of man. Strength, the second of our great columns, without which nothing endures, not even when contrived by wisdom and adorned by beauty, we know in two forms in our daily lives. First, the strength which lies in action, power, might, the strength of the arm, the engine, the army. Second, the other, subtler strength, which is not less strong for being passive, the strength of the column which supports, the strength of the foundation which endures, the strength of the principles by which we live, individually, 
collectively, nationally, Masonically. It is the second form of strength with which the speculative mason is concerned. Freemasons build no temporal building. True, we do lay the cornerstone of the public building in the northeast corner, but the building is symbolic, not practical. The operative mason who sets the stone for the grandmaster would place it as strongly in the building without our ceremony as with it. Our building is with the strength which endures in hearts and minds rather than which makes the sun, dry materials of which an edifice is composed to do man's will. The Freemason constructs only the spiritual building. His stone is in his mind, mentally, not physically, chipped by the common gavel to a perfect ashlet. The strength by which he establishes his kingdom is not a strength of iron, but a strength of will. His pillars support not a wall to keep out cowans and eavesdroppers, but a character, proof against the intrusion of vices and superfluities of life. The lesson of the second column is made plain in the second degree. The promise God made unto David may be found by any who read 2 Samuel. And when thy days shall be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set upon thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house in my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He who reads not merely the promise, but the reason for it, will understand that when David wished to build a house for the Lord, the prophet Nathan brought him a message of the Lord that he, not David, will build a house not made with hands in the form of sons and their sons forever. Later, in the great light, we learn that the house, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, is man. If we follow our Masonic teachings and believe that the inestimable gift of God to man for the rule and guide of his faith holds a true interpretation of the Mason's conception of life and living, then the strength which Mason should strive to acquire is that which will establish our sovereignty over ourselves, that our kingdom of character may endure. Beauty is represented in a Masonic lodge by the Corinthian column, most beautiful of the ancient orders of architecture by the junior warden who observes the sun at meridian when the day is most beautiful, by Hiram who beautified and adorned the temple. We are taught this is as necessary that beauty adorn all great and important undertakings as that wisdom contrive and strength support them. In the story of Solomon's temple, we find a detailed description of what was evidently to those who went into detail in its construction, the most beautiful building possible for the engineering skill, the wealth, and the conception of the people of Israel of that day. Artists have disputed and philosophers have differed about what is beauty. All of us have our individual conception of what constitutes it. That the beauty is largely in the mind of the beholder is demonstrated vividly to every traveler. Doubtless, the pyramids were beautiful to the Egyptians, but modern architecture finds them too plain, too severe for beauty. Obviously then, the beauty of which masons are taught is that variety which, like the natural religion of the old charges, is one in which all men agree. 
as no two men are agreed as to what is beautiful in a material sense, the Masonic conception of beauty cannot be of a material beauty. It's a symbol of beauty. The sun at meridian height is actually blinding to see. If we think the sun is beautiful, and it is, for what it does for us rather than what it is. In other words, the function of the sun creates the beauty. The Masonic pillar of beauty, then, must be the symbol of an inward loveliness, a beauty of the mind, of the heart, a beauty of idea and ideal, a beauty of the spirit. Our Corinthian column is to us not merely the support of the building, but that which upholds a character. Our junior warden represents not only the beauty of the sun at meridian, but the illumination by which life is made beautiful. Hiram is to us not only an exemplary character, but an ideal to follow, a tradition to be preserved, a glory of which we may strive, a beauty that we may once find. All about us, among our neighbors, are examples of what we term a beautiful life. Such beauty is almost wholly composed of unselfishness. He who walks in beauty thinks of others before himself, of stretching forth his hand, not for personal gain, but to help, aid, and assist the poor and the unfortunate. Such a conception of the third pillar is foreshadowed in our teaching by the greatest of these is charity, charity of thought, of action, of understanding as well as of alms and of giving. Masonic beauty was wholly an operative matter in the days when the Gothic cathedrals first lifted their arches and spires to the heaven. Today, when masonry is purely speculative, Masonic beauty must be considered only as a beauty of the spirit. It cannot be had by wishing. It is not painted by the brush of desire. No musician may compose it upon any material piano. The poet may write about it, but he cannot phrase it. For it is of an inward essence which marks the difference between the real good man and he who is only the outwardly form, conforming to the laws and customs of society. A man may keep every law, go to church three times on Sunday, belong to our order and subscribe to every charity, and still be mean of spirit, unhappy to live with, selfish, inconsiderate, and disagreeable. Such a one has not learned the inward meaning of the pillar of beauty. He has never stood symbolically in the south. For him, the sun at meridian is but an orb of the day at high noon and nothing more. But for the real mason, the brother who takes the lessons of the three great columns to heart, beauty is as much a lamp to live by as our wisdom and strength. He finds beauty in his fellow man because his inner self is beautiful. His house not made with hands is glorious before heaven, not because in imitation of Solomon, he overlaid also the house, the beams, the posts, the walls thereof, and the doors thereof of gold, but because it is made of those stones which endure before the great architect. Unselfishness, kindness, consideration, charity, and a generous spirit. 
In other words, of brotherhood genuine because it springs from the heart. For these things endure. Material things pass. The temple of Solomon is but a memory. Scattered are the stones, stolen is the gold and silver, vessels cast by Hiram himself. But the memory, like the history of the beauty and glory which was Solomon, abides unto this day. So shall it be with our house, not built with hands. So be it if we build with the beauty which masons teach. Surely is the grand architect of whom they speak to the mason, who have ears to hear, to whom we must look for the inner and spiritual meaning of the three grand columns which support our institution. Brothers, there are times where there are articles that really need repetition, and this is one that, to be honest, I'm probably going to read multiple times over, not just here, obviously not here, because I don't need to, it's a podcast, but it's one where maybe this is an episode that you return to, that you listen to, and maybe you feel the need to look it up. Again, this is The Three Grand Columns by Carl Cloudy. And it's a great look at the ideas of wisdom, strength, and beauty and what those mean masonically so that we don't simply go and look at them and we go, oh, wisdom, strength, and beauty, that's the Ionic, the Doric, the Corinthian, or those are the officers. And we look at it more deeply. What do they actually mean? And like so many of the Masonic symbols, they're an onion with layers to be peeled back. There's so much more that is opened up to us just by an article like this. So, thank you for joining me, Brother Chris Lipke, and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.